0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Bear's Moving Markets podcast. It's Thursday, the 24th of August, and my name is Helen Freer. NVIDIA has released another set of strong quarterly results. I'll be talking about this and more market news on this morning's show with my colleague Bernadette Anderko. Norbert Rucker also joins us, and I'll be asking him about European gas prices and particularly the threat of strikes at facilities in Australia. And then Nicola Jordan will give us an update from the CIO office. But let's start with the latest market news. Good morning, Bernadette. Good morning, Helen. Let's start with the main news overnight, which isn't financial, but we can't really ignore it. A private jet has crashed in Russia and the head of the Wagner group of mercenaries was allegedly on board. Do you have any details here?
1: Yeah, well, yes, Helen, Yevgeny Progozhin was listed as a passenger on the jet, which came down overnight. Um, the aircraft, which was a business jet, crashed in the Dver region northwest of Moscow and it led to the deaths of all 10 people on board, according to the Russian authorities, uh, which would therefore imply that Yevgeny Progozhin has indeed died. Um, The U.S. National Security Council spokesperson, Adrienne Watson, said that if confirmed, Prigozhin's death should come as no surprise. Uh, In case uh, listeners don't know, the 62-year-old typically used two aircraft when he was traveling, one as a decoy, just in case. That seems to have been the case this time. So therefore, of course, there are some arguing that perhaps he's still alive and was actually on the second plane. Um, I think there'll be a lot of headlines uh, over the story in coming days, and we're likely going to hear a lot of announcements from both the U.S. and other agencies Whether we'll ever know the truth of the matter remains to be seen. But uh, so far, the Kremlin has not made any announcements.
0: Okay, thank you. Um, Moving to financial markets, though, what are the main stories this morning?
1: Well, as you already said, um, overnight in the US, the hotly anticipated results from NVIDIA came out. And as one report uh, nicely put it, the company under and over-delivered. Um, earnings came in at $2.70 per share versus $2.09 per share expected. Revenue came in at $13.51 billion versus $11.22 billion expected. And the company forecast quarterly sales to reach 16 billion, which eclipses the 12 a half billion expected by analysts. Uh, the company's shares naturally soared. Uh, they were up over 6% in um, extended trading. And in fact, whilst I'm talking about the US, in terms of uh, market action, the S&P 500 index uh, closed up 1.1%. That's its best daily performance since June the 30th, with 10 of 11 sectors positive. So which one was negative, I hear you ask? Uh, Well, it was the energy sector, which closed off minus 0.3%. The Dow Jones closed up 0.5% and the NASDAQ 100 was up 1.6%, which was its third straight day of gains.
0: And what about in Asia? What's the main news
1: there this morning? Well, Asian markets uh, rose ahead of central bank rate decisions from South Korea and Indonesia, although both uh, central banks are expected to hold their benchmark policy rates unchanged at uh, 3.5% for South Korea and quarter percent for Indonesia. South Korea's producer price index climbed 0.2% year on year, Um, It's just a straight 13th month that growth in the PPI has slowed. Uh, The main Asian benchmarks are all higher this morning, and they've certainly been boosted by the NVIDIA results. Equity benchmarks in Japan, Australia and South Korea rose, uh, while shares in Hong Kong have headed for their best day in a month, uh, led again by tech stocks. NVIDIA's Asian-based suppliers also rallied with the tech-reliant South Korean won, strengthening against its Asian peers. Um, In other Asian news, China's $2.9 trillion trust industry is showing signs of strain. That's obviously adding further pressure on the economy and people are concerned about the efforts to improve the health of the local government uh, financing vehicles and the fact that it might not play out as had been hoped. Um, The People's Bank of China did provide further support for the yuan this morning, setting the daily reference rating stronger than estimates. And in bond markets, what's the latest there? In the Southern Hemisphere, Australia and New Zealand bond yields this morning fell and the U.S. Treasury yields stabilised after they retreated across the curve yesterday. Um, So in the U.S. yesterday, the 10-year yield fell 13 basis points after having touched a 2007 high this week. And obviously, the policy-sensitive two-year yields, uh, which everyone takes a look at, declined eight basis points. So they're now below 5%. And these moves were invariably helped along by the US flash purchasing managers index data for August that came out yesterday softer than had been expected. And that further echoed the somewhat um, underwhelming Eurozone data that also came out during the day yesterday. Um, Another story of note is that the BRICS are now set to invite Saudi Arabia into the group. Um, So leaders from Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa have now agreed to expand the BRICS group um, at their summit being held in uh, Johannesburg. This will be the first expansion since 2010. Um, Egypt is another nation that's also being tipped to join, along along with some others in the Middle East, although the list was still under discussion late last night. So we'll have to await uh, confirmation there.
0: Okay, looking ahead to markets today then, what should we be looking out for?
1: Well, we've got the durable goods orders coming out from the US today, Helen, and obviously the Jackson Hole Symposium kicks off later today too, so we'll be uh, looking for announcements from that tomorrow. Um, Looking at the futures boards now though, it looks like the markets are all set uh, to open higher today. So that's it from me, Helen. Great. Thanks very much, Bernadette, for the roundup this morning. And Norbert,
0: thanks for joining us this morning as well. Good morning, firstly. Good morning. Let's talk about European energy prices. So they've been making sharp moves up and down over the last few days, bringing back memories of the turmoil we saw last year. What are the reasons for this, Norbert?
2: Well, we have to look as far away as Australia. Australia is a key exporter of natural gas, and there's the risk that strike-related action might disrupt some of the exports over the coming weeks. Uh, like some Asian countries, uh, Japan, South Korea, slightly to a extent, China. Europe really depends on imports of globe basically, of natural gas from global natural gas markets. So this shows how interconnected this energy market is. That something, some volatility, uncertainty, some threat, as far as as Australia really impacts uh, European prices um, quite drastically.
0: Is the natural gas supply and therefore the energy supply for Europe at risk?
2: Well, that's the interesting point because the extra supply risk seems rather low. First, it's really unclear if we're actually going to see a strike. And the news flow as of late has been rather comforting that the disruptions might be less uh, than previously expected. Second, if you look at Europe, uh, natural gas inventors are overly full and they're already almost at peak levels, which is very, very early. If you look at imports, seaborne imports into Europe, they're already more or less at half of the capacity levels, and they really need to drop further in order to avoid that the storage in Europe starts overflowing before uh, mid autumn. Um, third, if you look more globally, there are new export facilities coming online, meaning that there is supply available that might compensate for Australia. And fourth, if you look at kind of the competitors, In terms of buyers on the market, if you look at Japan, if you look at China, they all have been expanding alternative energy supplies, being it a revival of nuclear, being it the boost in domestic coal mining. There's also anecdotal evidence that there's sufficient supplies to the global natural gas market currently, that the energy situation is really not that tense. So overall, the uh, actual supply risk really seems comparably low.
0: What's our outlook then for energy prices?
2: Um, Well, the... Volatility really surprises us, the reaction in Europe. Uh, It maybe shows a bit how nervous markets still are, maybe in memory of the turmoil of the things that happened last year. So overall, this episode that we've seen over the past days, past weeks, really for us looks like a nervousness attack a bit. Uh, we stick to our cautious view. We still see downside to prices, especially pronouncedly this risk over the coming weeks. And what really strikes us is how little the market cares how full the storage is, that really um, exports need to drastically be lower. And usually for something like that to happen, you need a price uh, signal. Uh, so while we stick to our view, I think that this episode of volatility is comparably short-lived and should ease, uh, should fade away comparably soon. That's it uh, for my energy markets.
0: Thanks very much, Norbert. Good to talk to you this morning. Now, Nicola, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining this morning as well. Markets have definitely had a challenging month so far in August. What do you make of the latest developments?
3: Yeah, thank you, Helen, and good morning, everyone. Well, to be honest, we are not overly concerned about this short-term correction. Actually, we have said quite often in recent weeks that we would welcome such a development in order to restore the market's technical health and somewhat cool the investor sentiment a little bit. We continue to believe in the continuation of the secular bull market and that equities will probably edge higher going into year end. It could well be that they will follow their typical seasonal patterns of an intermediate weakness in the August to October period, followed by an upswing in the final month of the year.
0: As Bernadette already touched on, NVIDIA came out with its latest quarterly earnings last night. Does this influence your view in any way?
3: Well, we don't usually pay too much attention to these company-specific news from our side, but to be honest, this week NVIDIA was quite a big topic indeed. I mean, their last report in May had a huge influence for the stock market rally these last couple of months, especially in the US, and that's why we even heard statements about the earnings report yesterday being a macro event of the same importance as a CPI print or a payroll publication, for example. As we have heard it from Bernadette, NVIDIA once again beat expectations quite remarkably. So let's see how the market will react to it and if this whole AI theme continues to have the potential to pull the broad market further up.
0: I also want to ask you about central banks. Jerome Powell will be speaking at Jackson Hole tomorrow. What are you expecting to come out of this
3: speech? Mm, The market seems to be a bit nervous in anticipation of that speech, uh, especially as there is very little information about what the main topics there will be. And additionally, the latest big moves higher in the long-dated U.S. Treasury certainly also play a role in this nervousness. But in general, we think that the market has actually already fully discounted a shift towards this higher-for-longer rate scenario, and it is far from certain that Powell will deliver another bearish message tomorrow. In other words, we think a lot of negative news is already priced in, and yields are still attractive at current levels. That's why we maintain the positions in longer-dated US treasuries in our mandates for the moment. That's all from my side. Back to you, Helen.
0: Okay, thanks very much, Nicola. Good to hear your thoughts this morning. So that is all for today. Thanks very much to today's guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We'd love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be speaking to more of our colleagues, including Tim Gagey, who will provide our usual Friday update on currencies. Until then, have a great day, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to wwwjuliusbearcom forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.
1: Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer.
0: We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen
1: und Gespräche on your favorite Podcast Player.